Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. You may be seated just for a moment. I'm going to have you stand up for the reading of God's Word. And um, First of all, I want to say thank you so much for the honor um, of allowing me to speak into your, your young people. Nothing excites me more than to speak to young people. I love doing camps, and, um, and you'll know why later on, but I love doing camps, and I really feel like... Um, we are on a, on a journey and our young people today are being attacked like I have seen no other generation. And there had been a time as a pastor that I would sit there and, and look at our young people and I would listen to our youth pastors and say, yeah, yeah, I was a youth pastor before. Yeah, I did youth camp. It wasn't until three months ago I was doing a camp at a very prominent church. Pastor is prolific. Church is amazing. The Spirit of God, the first night, hit that place. The altars were jammed. An hour and a half later, kids are still weeping. I found myself in the corner over there and the awe of God and just bawling, just weeping. A young boy comes and taps my shoulders. He says, Pastor, I'm 17 years old and I've been hooked on pornography since I was 10. And it struck me. And I, I was awakened to something. And I feel like God has given me a burden for this next generation. We have no idea. These tablets, their phones, give them access to things that you and I would have to run to stores to get. And it's real. And I want to thank every one of you, every dream teamer, every counselor, every single person that made these last three days possible here at OSC. You made an eternal impact on these kids and I really believe they're on their way to something good in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It was the best money you spent. And we love Pastor Jacob, Pastor Michelle. They're like pastors to us. We love this house. Pastor Joseph lived with us for a couple of months and he was on staff at our church for three years. He was only supposed to be there for a year, but he wanted to stay in California. I don't blame him, but I taught him how to make his bed. Amen. I used to, I used to wake up. I'm OCD, so I used to wake up, and I, and, and, and I, I, I didn't have to go to my kids' rooms because they were trained. I'd go to his, <laughs> and he'd have ten water bottles everywhere, egg wrappers. So I said, "Well, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to learn first how to make your bed." You're going to honor your bed, and then you'll preach the gospel. <laughs> God is using him such in a marvelous way, man, and I'm super proud of him. Come on, can you give Joseph and Rochelle, they did a phenomenal job at the youth camp. 
but could not be without his parents and we love them so much. Why don't you stand to your feet real quick? We're going to get into God's word and it's going to be awesome. Open up your Bibles if you can to 1 Peter chapter 2. My lovely wife is here today. My kids are here. Everyone's here. 1 Peter chapter 2. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I want to speak to you today a message I've entitled your royal identity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the spirit of revelation and give our minds illumination that we would experience transformation. God, I pray you give us a mind to perceive and a heart to receive all that you have. And I ask that after this message, we will never be the same in Jesus name and all God's people who woke up late to come to the 11 o'clock service say, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. When God created man, he created us so distinct, so different. And the Bible says in Genesis 1:26 that God made man in his image and his likeness. It's interesting because in the creation process, the first five days that everything was created came out of the mouth of God. It wasn't until the sixth day that he was going to do something distinctive. And that which means that if he was going to do it, it just couldn't come out of his mouth. He had to actually put his hands to it. The Bible says that God formed man from the dust of the ground. God's hand never touched a tree, never touched the sun or the moon, never touched pets. All of that came from his mouth. But from the beginning of it all, God intended that his hands would always be on his people. But yet when God created everything out of his mouth, he created them as a substance. When he created a tree, it would be a tree. It can only be a tree and nothing but a tree. When God created cows, God created animals, God created the universe, it can only be what he said it would be. But then he created man differently because he didn't create man as a substance. He created man in his image. And so he created man as a reflection. And we would reflect on earth who he is in heaven. And yet, when the adversary knew that, he knew exactly what to attack. Let us make man in our image and let us give them dominion. Their dominion is only attached to their identity. And so when the enemy came to attack, he could have attacked anything, but he went after the main thing. And so while Eve was in the garden, he didn't question who she was and he didn't question what she was doing. He questioned who she is. And And he said to her, If you eat of this fruit, you will be like God. When the truth is, is that when God created man as a reflection, we were never created to be like God. 
We were created to be God-like, which means that we reflect who he is. And so as soon as Eve and Adam ate of the fruit, they took matters into their own hands and became equal like God. When they were never meant to be that, they were created to be God-like. And so we saw the fall take place. And this is why without even thinking about it, the Bible says that as soon as they ate of the fruit, they picked up fig leaves and covered themselves up. Because at the end of the day, anytime you lose your covering, you will always settle for a cover-up. And so what happened was, was that they lost their identity. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, and God comes walking in the cool of the day. And he asked this question, where are you? Well, how can a God who's omnipresent everywhere at the same time, omniscient, all-knowing at the same time, ask the question, where are you? God knew exactly where they were, but he wasn't, he wasn't trying to find what they became. He was looking for his reflection that was no longer there. The reality is, is that every one of us will deal with this. I was raised in a Christian home. My parents both come from families of ministry. And at the age of 12, I started messing around and we'd have our bikes and we'd run around the neighborhood and, 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 and some of the guys of the gang, they, they gave us walkie-talkies. And they were like, hey, when you see the police coming, just, just let us know and then we'll give you $20. Well, how many know for a 12-year-old, $20 can buy you a bunch of Abba Zabba, come on, some blow pops, right? You kind of like the king of, of the play yard. And I'd come every day with a stack of Three Musketeers, Snickers, Starbucks. I had all kinds of friends on the play yard. And so, and so we would ride our bikes and then we would see the police and and then we would, hey, the police are around the corner. And all the guys would hide their drugs and they would act, play like they cool. And, and the cops would just, just come by. Well, I started making $20 a day. And then I started seeing what they were driving. 64s, hitting switches. And then I started to see how they were partying. And the day came when they were like, hey, Hey, Obed, why don't you just grab a beer? It's okay. It's not going to hurt you. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I could be like them. I could party like them. And so they gave me my first beer. It, it wasn't a good one. It was, it was Old English 800. How many know that's malt liquor right there, right? And, 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 and so I spit it out because I was used to Kool-Aid. I didn't like it, but I wanted to be cool. So, so I, I, I drink some beer. And then that led to, hey, Obed, it's okay. Just, you know, smoke this. You'll be all right. Smoked it. And then it was like, hey, you need to be part of us. And so they jumped me in. My, my cousin was kind of like the leader. His name was Sergeant. And so they gave me a new name. They said, your name's going to be Lil Sarge. 
And so I'd walk around, you know, crip walking like, I'm Lil Sarge, right? And they gave me a, a new identity. And Lil Sarge got kicked out of schools. Little Sarge got hooked on drugs. Little Sarge got addicted. And I'll never forget the fourth school I got kicked out of. The principal calls my mom. She's going to come and pick me up. And when she walks in, the principal had didn't, didn't hand my mom just a slip and say, okay, here's the next school he can go to. She wanted to make sure she was going to tell my mom something. And she told my mom, she goes, this little boy right here is a menace to society. There's nothing you can do to change him. And my mom was four foot nine in flesh. But she was like nine foot six in spirit. And she, 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 was, she was vanilla. She was Puerto Rican vanilla. And they used to call her cookie because she had little, little freckles right here, right? And she, she, she pointed that little finger at that principal and says, you don't know him. She says, you never met him. And that principal looking at, at my mom like, what are you saying? She goes, you never met my boy. You don't know him. Because every time I'd walk into my house, drunk or high, my mom would be like, how's my preacher doing? And I'm like, mama, I'm not no preacher. I'm a gangster. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, how's my preacher doing? So then when I got locked up, everybody told me they'll write me. No one wrote me. Everyone told me they're going to come visit me. No one came to visit me except my mama. My mama would come and visit me. I'd come in. I'd have my outfit on. I'd sit down and my mom goes, how's my preacher doing? I'm like, mama, don't say that around here. I'm not a preacher. I'm a gangster. How's my preacher doing? My mom never lost sight on the identity that God showed her who her child would be. Because when I couldn't see it for myself, I had to have someone see it for me. The problem was, was that I didn't believe it because I lost my identity. And this is why we have a generation today that is lost. They're not missing. They're lost. And what does lost mean? Lost doesn't mean out of sight. Lost means that they lost their reflection on who they should look like, reflecting the Son of God as, they, as He is in heaven. We should be here on earth. And so what happens? People start, people start to see me and they're like, oh, there's that gangster because I reflected it. Oh, he's high. I reflected it. He's an alcoholic. I reflected it. The same way they talked about you. You remember? Don't act like you was religious this whole time. People will look at you and say, he's a drunk. Why? Because you reflected it. Hey, you're an alcoholic. Why? Because you reflected it. Oh, I can see that you're depressed. Why? Because you reflected. Humanity was created to reflect. Because at the end of the day, the devil knows that if he takes your identity... He robs you from your dominion. And so what happened? The Bible says that God gave us his image and likeness. And identity is less about where you're going. And it's more about who you're becoming. I'm going to say that one more time. Identity is less about where you're going. 
And it's more about who you're becoming. This is why. This is why young people have an identity crisis. Not because they just have an identity crisis. It's because they're always morphing into something else. You start off as a little boy. You're a child. Now all of a sudden, you have to be a teenager. From a teenager, now you have to grow into adult. And this is why adults have identity crisis. Why? Because you started off dating your wife and you had to learn how to be a boyfriend. You, once you learned how to be a boyfriend, then you got on your knees and guess what? You had to morph to becoming a fiance. And then all of a sudden, now you morph from becoming a fiance, then now you got to learn how to be a husband. And then after you learn how to be a husband, you guys have kids and you got to learn how to be a father. You are always morphing and this is why the devil's always attacking your identity because identity is less about where you're going and it's more about who you're becoming and the thing is is that the first thing the enemy comes and tries to rob you of your identity and then because Adam and Eve lost their identity God had to restore the blessing that was once on them when they were in the garden. They didn't lack anything. They had everything they needed and everything they wanted and that was taken away from them when they lost their identity. And so God used it to go through a man by the name of Abraham. And the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 12. It says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you'll be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and ever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Now you sit there and you say, Pastor Obed, I am not Jewish, I'm Cajun. Well, Paul included you in this. He says in Galatians chapter 3, he says, if you belong to Christ, how many people belong to Christ? He says, if you belong to Christ and you are Abraham's what? Come on, you are Abraham's what? All a seed is, is a genetic code encapsulated into something that will produce what it was created to be. So when God puts a genetic code into a seed of an orange, once it's planted, you can talk it into a banana all you want. But it's going to come out as an orange. When God puts a genetic seed, a genetic code inside of an apple, you can try to talk it out of it to become a tomato. You No, 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 you ain't an apple, you're going to be a tomato. You don't look like an apple, you look like, you, you look like a tomato. But because God put the genetic code into the seed... The genetic code cannot be canceled because God put the genetic code inside of there and it must come and it must come to pass what it needs to be. That's why God intended for your life to come into this world as a seed. The reason why is because God put a genetic code inside of you knowing that the world's going to call you all kinds of stuff, but it does not have the power to change oh, what you are. The world try to call you an alcoholic, can't be an alcoholic. World try to call you a drug addict, can't be a drug addict. World try to call you this, the world call to try you that. They called me a gangster, they called me an alcoholic, they called me a dropout. But how many know that's not my genetic code? Because God put the genetic code inside of me that says I'm a child of God, I'm favored of God, I'm the blessed. Come on, do I got some people that believe that? Boy, I know I'm in Louisiana. Why do you think the, the enemy is always attacking your identity? Because he'll rob you from your blessing. So what it is is that God gave us the blessing of God, which is identity. 
He gave us the blessing of Abraham, which is the blessing. But he says, that's, that's not even enough. I'm going to give you the blessing of Jesus. That's the blessing of authority. So here's the blessing of God, which is identity. You move into the blessing of Abraham, which is blessings. And then he moves you as you accept Christ into the blessing of Jesus. And you, bec- and you bear his authority. So ultimately, what you need to have dominion on earth is that you got to have authority. But the enemy knows he can't steal your authority. He can't even steal your blessings until he first robs you of your identity. And so when I lost my identity, I lost all my blessings. Therefore, I had no authority. So when I was over here and lost my identity, then lost my blessings, I didn't have the authority to overcome the temptations that were overcoming me. I woke up every morning saying, I'm not going to smoke weed today. But then I find myself smoking it. I tell myself, I'm not going to get, I'm, I'm not going to drink today. Obed, you ain't going to drink. Obed, it's going to be your first day. You're not going to drink. But then I find myself drinking. It wasn't my will because my will was like, I don't want to do this. I've been in this 28 years, folks. I've talked to all kinds of addicts. I can tell you that 99.9 of them will tell you, I don't want to do this. But the reality is, is that they lost their authority to overcome it because they lost their blessing. And it goes all the way back because they lost their identity. We don't need to get them delivered from alcohol until we get them delivered out of the identity that they're not one. Well, Pastor Obed, I want to have a great marriage. Well, then take on the identity that you're supposed to have as a husband. Well, Pastor Obed, I want to be a great parent. Well, take on the identity of being a great one. Well, Pastor Obed, I want to break out of these addictions. Go back to the identity that you reflect God and you can overcome anything in Jesus' name. We're trying. We're trying to overcome the world with the world. But you can't overcome the world with the world. This is why you got to go back. Because you don't have an addiction problem, you have an identity problem. You don't have a sinful problem, you have an identity problem. You don't have a, a, a stress problem, a worry problem, an anxiety problem, a depression problem. You have an identity problem. And so you got to take on the identity of God because the last time I checked, God's not addicted. God's not depressed. God doesn't have anxiety. God doesn't worry. And so what do I got to do? I got to take on his reflection. When you lose your identity, the enemy knows he, you lose your blessing. When you lose your blessing, you lose your authority. And all of a sudden you will find yourself being overcome by things. That same boy, that 17-year-old boy who got his identity restored, texts me every week. This is week number 12 that I haven't looked at pornography. 
And I always text him back. Because who you are right now was never addicted to it. Talk to me. Come on, I know it's deep, but I'm going to go deeper. Because most of you don't even know that the root of your problem is not your problem. The root of your problem is your identity. Some of you are looking at me like, oh, I know who I am. Who are you? Have you asked yourself that? Because it's interesting that everybody else can identify you, including your children. But you can't see it. You got to know who you are. You see, the Bible says this. Watch this. The Bible says that God would not break his covenant. He says, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. So God has to restore you. He has no choice. He needs you to reflect who he is on earth. So let me give you three significant truths regarding your royal identity. The first one is this. Number one, the blessing of your royal nature cannot be overridden by people. The blessing of your royal nature cannot be overridden by people. You say, Pastor Bear, what does that mean? It means this. If man didn't create you, they can't cancel you. There's nothing that can cancel what God created you to be because they didn't create you. Matter of fact, who you were always meant to be didn't even start when you had a career. It started when you were in your mother's womb. In Jeremiah chapter 1, it says, before I formed you in the womb, watch this, I knew you. Not know you, knew you. Not know you, knew you. Which means God finished you before he made you. I have a, I have a 12-year-old, just turned 12 yesterday, and I have a 14-year-old. I'm getting to know them. So when I'm dealing with them, I'm getting to know them. So I got to go back to the one who knew them. And so when I want to call them what I know, it may be completely different than what he knew. So my mother would never call me what she knows. She would always refer to me as he knew. Because when I was in my mother's womb at seven months, my mother, she she led prayer meeting at our church, intercessory prayer, Monday through Friday. And so all I remember as a young child till I was eight years old, we would get picked up from school and I was doing my homework in the front pew of the church. My mother would walk around with bills in one hand, church bills, and, and, and the Bible in the other. That's all I knew growing up. That's all I, my mom, mom will call heaven down, right? And so you did homework in the front row. I, I, I think that's why I had A's till I was eight years old. And, and so, so, so. So my mother was pregnant, but my, we had, I had two sisters at that time. My dad wanted a, a boy real bad. So he, he was like, I don't want to know what we're going to have. So my mom's in prayer meeting, and a prophet is there. And he goes, and he grabs my mom's stomach, and he says, you're going to have a boy. And his name is going to be Obed, not George. And my mom's thinking, oh, man, his dad's going to be mad. 
you're going to be Obed. <laughs> so my mom goes home and says, honey, we're going to have a boy. And she was like, he was like, did you go find out what it was? No, a prophet said it. He's going to go to the nations. He's going to reach people to his, as, I, as far as his eyes can see, it's going to be people. Every time I'd get in trouble, I wouldn't get a spanking. She'd tell me that. How's my pastor doing? How's my preacher doing? Now, that ain't you. Oh, Beth, that ain't you. I said, Mama, that's me. Stop saying that. I'm a gangster. No, no, no. You're a preacher. You're a preacher. She would always refer to who he knew, not what she knows. And some of you parents are calling your children by what you see and what you think you know. Don't agree with what you know. Come into agreement on what he knew. That your child is blessed. Your child is the favor of God. When your child comes home and says, Mom, no one likes me. Oh, no, no, you'll have all kinds of friends because the Bible says he who is friendly has a lot of friends. Oh, Mom, this is too hard. No, you bear the wisdom of heaven. It goes beyond knowledge. Oh, Mom, you don't understand, man. I, I got, you know, I'm in the wrong relationship and I just want to find. No, no, no. The Bible says he who findeth the wife findeth a good thing and find favor with the Lord. You got to start declaring what he knew even though you're struggling with what you know. And so, 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 so my mother would, would do that. She'd come visit me. And then one day, it was my time to come out. I'd been locked up. No one came, just her. Mom and dad came and picked me up. It was a Monday morning. And they took me to McDonald's vomited because I was just used to prison food and she's we're driving home and she says hey you want to go to youth group on Wednesday I said oh no mom I don't want to go to youth group on Wednesday why would I want to go to youth group I don't want to go to youth group oh no no mijo you need to go in Hispanic mijo means mijo mijo you, you need to go to you need to go to, to youth group I'm like no I'm not going to go she goes well I visited you every weekend the least you can do for me is go to youth group I said, Mom, I'm not going to go to youth group. She goes, why wouldn't you not go to youth group? And I'm like, well, because, Mom, they're, they're, they're all hypocrites. Because that's what we all say, right? They're all hypocrites. And she was like, perfect. You'll fit right in. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go. And she was like, mijo, there's, there's going to be pretty girls. I said, okay, Mom, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. So, 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 so I, I went that Wednesday and... I hadn't been in church in years. And the youth pastor went up there and he was like, hey, everybody, we're going to camp this Friday. And all the kids were going crazy. And he goes, and it's sold out. And in my mind, I'm going, well, I don't care. I don't want to go anyways, right? And, and so youth group ended. The next day I'm at home and it's about 10 o'clock. The phone rings. I'm in my room. My mom comes in. She says, hey, mijo, it's, it's the youth pastor. And the first thing that came to my mouth was, Mom, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> nothing. And, and she was like, oh, no, he wants to talk to you. And so, so I get on the phone. I said, hey, and, and, hey, Pastor, how you doing? And he goes, hey, it was so good to see you last night. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, um, you remember I announced youth camp? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, the one that sold out. He goes, yeah. He goes, nah, we, 
we have one spot open. And I'm like, nah, I, I can't go. And I, I can't go. And he goes, oh, no, no, you have to go. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't have to do nothing. And he was like, oh, no, you have to go because your mom paid for it. I said, there's no way. My mom's been cleaning houses because my dad is on strike. He goes, yeah, she gave her, her last $60. And I said, I, 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 I can't go. And he says, oh, bet there's going to be a bunch of pretty girls there. I said, oh, okay, I'll go. <laughs> and so I, I went and, 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 you know, Friday night, and I walked in late, and, and the music is going, and all the holy rollers were in the front, and they're all waving their hands like this, like windshield wipers. And so I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, man, this is weird. These people are weird. And, and I'm all the way in the back, and the youth pastor taps me on the shoulder, and he says, hey, you know, what are you sitting back here for? I said, oh, because I, I looked up, you know, up in the front, and there's, there's no seats. He goes, oh, no, no, no. We, there's one seat. We saved you a seat. <laughs> And I'm like, nah, I know you did. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, it's right there in the front row. Let me walk you. So he walks me to the front row. Now, you got to understand, man, I, I was just locked up five days ago. And, and so I'm in the front row, and these people are just going for it, you know? Windshield wipers. They speak in a language I don't even know, like Eddie D.I.E., my name is Eddie, Kawasaki, Honda. I was trying to figure it out. What are these people saying? And just going for it. And so the next thing you know, he comes up and he's like, everybody lift your hands. Well, you got to understand what that meant for me the last couple of months. That, that meant this. So I, I'm like, nah, there's no way I, I, I'm not going to do that. It's going to bring back scars. But, but then I was in the front row where all the holy rollers were, right? So, 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 so I, I, I didn't want to be disrespectful. So I did the kangaroo hands, you know? Come on, man, you know what I'm talking about, right? So I did the kangaroo hands. And as, as soon as I did the kangaroo hands, it, it was like all of heaven. I, I don't even remember. I couldn't even tell you. All I can tell you is it felt like I went to sleep. And two hours I wake up. And I'm bawling. And I'm trying to stop myself. Oh, bad, stop crying. You look dumb. Stop crying right now. Stop crying. Everything's, stop crying. Stop crying. You got that, you know, you get that cry face, like that nasty cry face, right? I got that nasty cry face. I mean, and I'm trying to stop myself, but I couldn't stop myself. And then next thing you know, he's like, lift your hands. And so I lift my hands and all of a sudden my tongue start going and it starts saying all that crazy stuff. And I'm like, no one touch me. It just starts, and I'm, I'm trying to bite my tongue. I thought, 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 thought doing that, right? And it's just going crazy. And I've, I had this radical conversion. And, and he walked up to me and he whispers in my ear, Do you want to accept him? And I'm looking at him like, bro, do you see how I look? I think it's already happened. He, he didn't give me permission this time. And 
He's like, no, no, you, you wanted to come into your heart. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, well, you know what this means, right? And I'm like, well, what does it mean? And he's like, it means like you're joining a gang. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, 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 what, what do you have to do? You have to get like jumped in or nothing like that? He goes, oh, no, no, no. You just got to accept him as your savior. I'm like, that's it? He goes, yeah, but you got to be down for him. Like, like down for him. Like you was down for your neighborhood, you need to be down for him. I'm like, oh, okay, I know I could do that. And, 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 and he prayed this prayer, and he looked at me, and he said, there's a preacher in you. Didn't know me. But for the first time, I wasn't little Sarge. I was Obed. I was the genetic code that God had placed in a seed in my mother's womb. And all of a sudden, it manifested. And because, now watch this, and because, and because I was in my rightful image, I was living out my rightful purpose. Because at the end of the day, you will always live out your identity. If you have the identity of an alcoholic, you're gonna drink. If you have an identity of a, of a drug addict, you're gonna do drugs. If you have the identity of a manipulator, you're gonna manipulate. If you take on the identity of depression, you're gonna be depressed. It works the same way. If you take on the identity of a believer, if you take on identity of a Christ follower, if you take on the identity of a disciple, you will function as a disciple. You will live out your purpose why? Because we were created to be a reflection. So at the end of the day, God gave me my identity, gave me the blessing. And then when I would be tempted again, it was easy for me to say no because I wasn't that person. Obed was never addicted to drugs. Little Sarge was. Obed was never addicted to alcohol. Little Sarge was. My sinful nature was addicted, not my spiritual nature. Are you hearing me? And so for the next two years, I walked this thing out. And then I go to camp again. And now I'm a counselor, glory to God. And I get to help the kids. But there was this little blonde girl there. I saw her, the way she worshiped. I was like, ooh, that's nice. <laughs> and it was at camp that I asked her to be my girlfriend. I said, um, well, God told me that my next girlfriend's gonna be my wife. I was 18, she was 16. And so that means if we get together, as my girlfriend, you're gonna be my wife. But I'm not asking you to marry me. I just want you to know that we're both gonna to go to school, we're both gonna get education, and we're gonna go into ministry, and we're gonna travel the world, and we're gonna save the world. What do you think about that? And she was like, okay. I didn't know what it was like to have a Christ-like relationship. Because all the relationships I had was little Sarge. But as soon as I became Obed, 
I knew exactly how to have a right kind of a relationship. You see, the third point is this, as I come to a close. I mean, excuse me, my second point, sorry. Your inheritance flows down from God in proportion to the self-image you embrace by faith. Your inheritance flows down from God in proportion to the self-image you embrace by faith. Watch this. Love has been perfected among us that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Not as he was, not as he's going to be, as he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. So he's love, he's peace, he's joy, he's abundance, he's blessings, he is faith, he is all goodness, he is grace, he is mercy. As he is, so are we. So when it is, if he's grace, faith, mercy, love, but we're depression, doubt, anxiety, worry, then guess what? We put on the wrong image. Because as he is, Come on, let's say it together. So are. Come on, as he is, so are. So here's how you know you got up in the morning and put on the wrong outfit. If it is contradictive to who he is, then you put on the wrong stuff. So as quick as you put on depression, take it off. As soon as you put on anxiety, take it off. Because you gotta remind yourself, when I have the right identity and I reflect who God is, I don't have depression, I don't have anxiety. Because the last time I checked, God's not depressed, God doesn't have anxiety, God doesn't have worry, God is not stressed out. So guess what, as he is, so are, so are we. And I gotta put it on. It doesn't mean it doesn't come knocking on my door as I close, it doesn't mean it's coming knocking on my door. There's many times it comes knocking on my door. But I got to remind myself, it's not who I am. That's who I was, but it's not who I am. I got to keep his reflection. Because here's why the devil robs you from your identity and gives you depression. You lose your blessing. You lose your authority. When was the last time you saw someone with depression have authority? When was the last time you saw somebody that has worry have authority? Because he understands it more than you. God didn't give his image to anything. He gave it to you. People are supposed to see Christ in you. But the bottom line is, you got to see it because my last point is that a revelation of royalty will take you from a life of pain to a life of purpose and significance and I want to park here for a moment because I feel God's going to minister at this in these next three minutes he's going to dig I started the conference on Thursday with the question can God do you believe young people that God can change your life Most of you in here will say yes. But the most that will say yes really don't believe it. 
You see, Abraham had to see himself as the father of nations. Mary had to see herself as the mother of Messiah. Gideon had to see himself as a mighty man of valor. Moses had to see himself as a deliverer of a nation. Nehemiah had to see himself as a rebuilder of people. And here I am, sitting in prison. My mom comes up. She's, there's a glass that's separated. She's on the phone and she looks at me. She says, Miho, do you believe God can change your life? And I said, no. by nine cell all I can see was what the names people were calling me you have to see it and so I I get saved at camp I'm coming down the mountain my mom's gonna pick me up and I'll never forget as if it was yesterday I got my luggage, and I'm walking in my mom's cars at a distance, and I got this big old Kool-Aid smile, and I get in the car, and she looks at me, she goes, mijo, how was camp? I meant to say it was awesome, but my tongue started going, and next thing you know, my mother and her four fit 11 self jumped out the car. She started running around the car in the Holy Spirit. She was taken off and she kept on saying, my boy's back. My boy's back. That's my preacher. That's my son. Because at the end of the day, she never lost sight because she called those things that be not as though they already are. And I'm here to declare to you, OSC, that there's going to be a generation that's going to be raised up as generals. A generation that's going to be raised up in the kingdom and they will not lose their identity in Jesus name come on are you with me today hear me today come on remain standing hear me today it begins with you your your children has have changed can't go back home to the old you. You got to sit here and decide, God, restore my identity. Give it back to me, who I'm supposed to be. Not what I want to be. Not what I think I could be. Who I'm supposed to be. Everything you're supposed to be in that genetic code is attached to your blessing and attached to your dominion. Once you stop functioning out of this, everything else becomes false and it doesn't last. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, you're here today. Yeah, I know, Spirit of God is in this place. Let him do some surgery in some of you. He's dealing with some of you right now. Let him dig deep. Some of you have had depression. 
some of you have been battling anxiety like never before. Some of you have been so distracted that you're scrolling every day, Facebook, Instagram. You know everybody else, but you lost yourself. Holy Spirit's here right now. You're here today and you say, Pastor Obed, I'm going to be 100% honest. I need my identity restored. have said I'm a bad mom I'm a bad dad I haven't been good some of you have made mistakes you're calling yourself every time the devil saying you're a bad husband no 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 God doesn't make anything bad everything he makes was good matter of fact when he made you he added another word said he's very good What you did was not who you were. The mistakes you made was that you put on another identity. Now he wants to restore it back to who you were always meant to be. 29 years, I haven't had alcohol, smoked a drug, don't even have a craving for it because it's not who I am. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Obed, I want you to pray for me. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hands. One, two, three, lift them up wherever they're at. Look at my God. Help us, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Come on, keep your hands lifted as high as you can. Don't be ashamed. I wasn't ashamed of you. I want you to repeat these words and everybody. I want you to say, dear Jesus. Forgive me of taking on identities I should have never had. My sin is attached to those identities right now. I put on your reflection. My identity is in you. So right now, I put on righteousness. I put on holiness. I put on purity. I put on forgiveness. I put on grace. I put on faith. I put on joy. I put on peace. I put on love. Because that's who I am. I am not a sinner no more. I'm not bound in my past. And I'm not a hostage of my sins because whom the son sets free is free indeed so I'm free today and I am saved saved from false identities saved from sin I'm a new creation and from this forward on I'm going to function in my new identity in Jesus name come on and all God's people say Amen. God bless you.